The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Situation Room. Gabe and I are finally bra- back from a hiatus, super busy with work and a lot of things going on in December for me. So we're, we're super happy to, well, we're, I don't know if we're super happy. We're happy to be back here. I don't know if we're happy of, of what the results are uh, and, and what we're seeing on the field. Are, are you, Gabe? Well, I'm not happy about the way the Ravens are playing, that's for sure. But it is good to kind of come back and, and discuss, you know, what we're what we're seeing. And, and you know, end of the season, I think we have some thoughts on this past game. We have some thoughts on the general play of the Ravens over the past month, you know, that we haven't really talked about. But um, it's, it's, it's kind of just the same thing over and over again. I think we could have had this same podcast probably four times in a row and talk about the exact same things. Because nothing has changed about the way the Ravens are doing things. You know their offense hasn't changed, their defense hasn't changed, and they're just they're just the same same team. I mean, part of that is you know Tyler Huntley being the the backup quarterback. I think you are limited in what you can do to a certain extent, but um, there's just no creativity with, with the offense, and and that's something that is you know it, it's frustrating at times, but I guess at this point it is what it is, and you know you just have to make the most out of it. Yeah, I think I saw something on Twitter today that said that this is the worst five-game stretch of the Ravens' offense since, like, a Kyle Baller, Anthony Wright-led kind of time period. And as much as it is about the backup and Tyler Huntley not being Lamar Jackson, that's, like, historically bad set of guys. Tyler Huntley is better than that. This offensive line and the running backs are better than that. Maybe the wide receivers aren't better than what we had during that time period, but... That was also a different era of the NFL where it was a lot harder to score points. And it's just so incredibly frustrating to watch this team. I think I texted you at the end of the first quarter and I said that it was more interesting watching paint dry than it was watching this team play. And at the end of the first quarter, that was absolutely true. Um, You know, this team is just like, they're just there. They are just willing to play a super close, super low scoring game and hope that the things are going to break right at the end of the game for them. Um, and they leave way too many opportunities on the field and leave way too many things to chance in the process of that. And it's absolutely maddening. 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, the red zone problems continue. I mean, it's a week after week after week. The red zone is just like a, a nemesis that can't be slayed by the, by the Ravens. I mean, they, they ended up scoring a touchdown at the end of the first half in this one because they got gifted a personal foul penalty. That was very kind of borderline, I would say. Um, you know, kudos to them for actually converting that into a touchdown, but they have not been able to get into the red zone and be consistent with moving the ball. Once they get there, for whatever reason, they seem to, you know, just run out of options. And it's, I think part of it is because, you know, the field gets more constricted. They don't really have playmakers in the passing game. And the run game is just easier to stop when you get down there because it's, you know, there's less threat of, of other things. There's less threat of even, like, taking a deep shot, for instance. There's less play-action threat. So, like, anything that could potentially give a defense some pause um, is, is kind of taken away, and they're just really just able to focus on on the run game. And I think with, with Roman, he tries to maybe outsmart himself at times. We see a lot more quarterback, you know, Designed runs designed when we runs when the Ravens go down there for some reason and that has not worked at all. You know we saw a jet sweep that's worked a couple times this year, but you know now Andy Isabella is the guy doing it, not quite working the same. So, um, and we and then we saw like in this game uh, an Isaiah likely uh, screenplay and in theory that works well, but you have one blocker for him and and two guys can tackle him. Like, that, that doesn't work. It's not a well designed screen. They, for some reason they just are terrible at designing these these plays like. How do you not do you account not for, account? you know, the, the, I don't know. It's just, it just seems like, it seems like every single every week is the same thing. There's no, no way to kind of figure out how to make things work down there. And if if they can't they figure that out, then there's no chance that this team is going to actually get anywhere. Um, even if they, you know, they're in the playoffs, but can they, can they win? Even if Lamar comes back, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Well, there's, there shouldn't be any confidence in this team right now. They're going to do anything. I mean, I think, you know, Lamar is a total difference maker for this team, but, um, you know, we can talk about what the prospects look like down the road, but let's, I mean, let's start out talking a little bit about the defense. I thought, you know, I thought the defense overall actually played pretty well for what they were, they were asked to do in this game. I think that I, I, I didn't love the, I don't love the Ravens approach when it comes to kind of longer down and distances. I think that they're, much too passive um and that they don't have like they don't have the four-man pass rush that they think that they that they should have I, and it's something that i i absolutely don't understand how a combination of justin houston tyus bowser adafe Owe, and and quite frankly even just the matter bk and broderick washington who have been good against the rush this year are not able in those you know four-man rush sets to get any semblance of pressure at all whatsoever and this team you know you could say that they're getting held and i think to some degree they are but so is everybody in the league you have got to learn how to shed off of those blocks especially in one-on-one situations i mean you've got you're going to have two to four guys in that situation that are in a one-on-one against the guy they're coming up against and they have got to find a better way to get pressure on the quarterback or this team is not going to be able to beat anybody Pickett was good in this game but part of that was because he was getting outside the pocket and he had time and he had the ability to kind of read the field the Ravens stay in this kind of like soft matchup ish but not fully matchup zone in these situations and it's just easy too easy to pick them apart without any pressure yeah I mean the pass rush without Clay's Campbell is definitely a problem for them they don't have someone who can consistently win a one-on-one on the interior 
we saw Justin Matabike, you know, have one sack in this game, but he's been relatively quiet as a pass rusher. He's not had the kind of breakout um, season that a lot of us have hoped for the past, you know, year or two years now. Like he's, he just hasn't been able to take that extra step. Um, it seems like, you know, every once in a while you'll see a flash of him doing something that's really impressive. Like, he, he had a couple of nice plays in this game, but, like, down to down, he's not showing that ability. You know, Owe had one or two nice pressures off the edge, but it's not something he can consistently do. Justin Houston, same story. Like, they're just not able to, you know, do that on a consistent level. And, like, when you're on the other side of the field, you see, like, TJ Watt, like, basically win every single time, you know, off the edge. Like, they just don't have someone who's a difference maker like that at, at, as a pass rusher. And that's, um, you know, that's kind of the, I guess, the way they've invested in the team. I mean, you, you invested in David Ajabo, so hopefully, you know, maybe next year if that's someone who can be an impactful player for you and give you some of that benefit, but he's not doing it this year. You know, JPP has been more of a, a run defender. I think he's been good in that role, but he's not someone who's giving you any juice off the edge. Um, so without, you know, having kind of a smart scheme, I mean, it's basically been blitzes. You know, Kyle Hamilton, I think, has done a good job as a, as a blitzer, and if he's one of the kind of the upsides of this defense you know he's continued to play well um but you really don't have you know someone who can be a difference maker in that role i mean i thought patrick queen is someone who's done that in the past but he wasn't really used at all in that way in this game they kind of didn't blitz very much unless it was it was one of the defensive backs so you know that's a choice that mcdonald seemed to make he wanted to kind of play coverage and and try to not you know have open guys downfield and i think for the most part it worked that way. You know, I think the coverage was pretty good in this game. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if Marlon Humphrey was targeted one time the entire game. Um, so he's, he's, sh- he's basically shutting down whoever's on his side of the field. You know, Brandon Stevens got picked on a couple times, but overall I thought he, he was in position and made some nice plays. So even without, you know, Marcus Peters out there, I think, you know, th- they are doing pretty good in the secondary. There's no explosive plays that they're letting up. So, you know, that's the good part. But on the other side, they kind of invited those Steelers to to run the ball in this game. And, you know, for better or worse, it, it kind of worked. But it's it's not something that is, is necessarily um, going to be um, a good way against some of the better offenses, I would say. I mean, the Steelers are by far, like, one of the lower-tier offenses in the league, and they still were able to move the ball pretty consistently. Yeah, I, well, I think the strategy of inviting the run is an interesting one. I think that there will be situations. I, I thought there will be situations where Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen end up having better games than this one in those situations, which could be a difference maker. I think the question is, and you and I talked about this in pre-production, is whether or not teams like the Chiefs or the Bills or Cincinnati, when when looking at those kind of lighter fronts, are going to continue to try and run into them. Um and whether or not, like, whether or not you can be successful, because look, if you are only rushing four, right, and you are dropping a lot of these guys back, there are opportunities to create turnovers, especially if the other teams are passing the ball a lot. There are opportunities to stop the pass. If you can, if you can do that, the problem is if they're not running, then the other team isn't running the clock. So, you know, we talked about how this game was boring. Part of the reason why the game was boring is because the Ravens make it boring on both sides of the ball. One is that their offense is an absolute train wreck. But the other is that if the other team is running the ball consistently, the clock is continually grinding, right? When they're taking these four, five, six-yard runs, and you're hoping to, like, make get a drive, get them in the third and short, stop them on that third and short situation, or get them them into whatever that situation is, get them into the red zone, collapse things once you get down into the red zone, tighten it up, and be able to make the stop. And the team is able to do that. You just wind the clock slowly down over time. 
Now, you take the iteration with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, and let's even throw in a turnover or two, right? Like, let's say that they are throwing the ball a ton. Marcus Williams gets an interception. You know, Marlon Humphrey does something amazing. There are a couple big stops in those passing situations to stop them. But instead of having, how many possessions did Pittsburgh have in this game? Like, like seven? <laughs> yeah, um, not a lot. They're definitely, they're definitely taking the game to a, like a, a faster kind of pacing. The entire game was over, or the first half was over in like an hour or something. Like, they're definitely trying to speed up the game and, and lower the number of possessions, keep it low scoring. Um, if you can keep the other team to, to field goals, that's not the worst thing in the world. And there were eight meaningful possessions for Pittsburgh in this game. But it, even if you factor in two turnovers and you stop running the ball and you stop the clock more, eight possessions becomes 10, 11, 12 possessions. And then if your pass rush is not getting home in that process, then some of these conversions are going to happen. The big plays are going to happen. The big bites are are going to end up getting brought in there. And a guy like Josh Allen's going to run it in for a touchdown. Jamar Chase is going to make a massive catch. Patrick Mahomes is going to do something crazy. And if this team gives up two or three touchdowns in a game, at least right now in this iteration of the offense, I don't know what they're going to do. So, you know, I think there's a meaningful question as to whether or not the Ravens are just kind of playing in this soft zone coverage and putting essentially kind of writing it off, right? That that this game almost felt like, at least from a defensive perspective, it was a write-off for this game. We, we think that the Pittsburgh's not that good. We hope we can stop them. If we don't, we've already clinched the playoffs. If Cincinnati wins tonight, there's nothing to play for next week. Get everybody healthy and just let it ride. And hopefully we start to see some more creativity once Marcus Peters comes back, once Calais Campbell comes back. You know, don't show any of these blitzes that you have with Patrick Queen. Don't show any of these unique stunts or put anything on film here in the latter quarter of the season because there's no need to because we don't really believe that we can win these games. Now, maybe it's not that we don't believe that we can win these games, but that the Steelers aren't good enough to have to do a lot, be more exotic about it. We'll just be bread and butter, kind of regular what we're going to do. But at the end of the day, we're going to need to see a lot more from this defense from an overall performance when, when it comes down to it in the playoffs. Um, but when they get there. Yeah, I think for me, um, that is the concern is when you're going up against like more high powered offenses with, with better quarterbacks, better receivers, you know, you know, Pickett showed his mobility, ability to break the pocket and make some plays. Like, I mean, that's Patrick Mahomes' go-to. You get to a situation where you're playing Mahomes, like, I don't see how you're going to be able to contain him. Josh Allen, same thing. Like, you know, Josh Allen already, we already played him in, in this earlier in the season and he used his legs quite effectively. I mean, he made the mistakes and the Ravens made it a slop fest and an ugly game, but he was able to still make plays with his legs and that's how they were able to get back into that game was because of the inability to kind of contain, you know, the quarterback who's mobile or ability to like extend plays. So that that's a real challenge, I think, for this defense. They don't have um and maybe Rokon Smith is someone who can be kind of like a spy in those situations that they didn't have earlier on. Um he obviously wasn't doing that in this game. He was more in coverage role. Um and you know, I don't know if I even heard Patrick Queen's name mentioned once the entire game. Like he just had a complete like and maybe he was doing stuff. I mean, I, I wasn't really watching him, but he wasn't making splash plays. You know, I feel like when the Ravens defense is at the best, he's being very aggressive. You know, he's coming downhill. He's, you know, shooting gaps. He's, you know, disrupting the run game. Um, he's made plays in coverage too recently um, or come as a blitzer. And I feel like he just was kind of like absent in this game. I'm not sure if that was just by intent or just kind of like he just didn't have those opportunities. Whatever. I think he can potentially be a difference maker. Um, but... And, and to your point about, you know, the just the overall nature of the, the game being slowed down 
Um, if I mean, if you are giving teams more possessions, I think you are, you know, asking for for trouble potentially. Um, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I I don't know if this is a defense that's really able to hold up consistently. I mean, we've seen them give up a lot of drives at the end of halves, at the end of like first half and the second half. Um, when the other team has like a little bit of like a hurry up type approach, it seems like that's when the Ravens defense gets put on their heels and they really struggle. They don't get much pass rush um, and they're able to, teams are able to kind of like find the holes in the zones pretty easily. And I, I think that needs to be a thing that they can be a little bit more, um, I don't know, more dimensional about. I think a little bit more, you know, changing things up in terms of their coverage. Um, and maybe this game was just a very vanilla, like you said, and they, they kind of like this game obviously meant a lot more for Pittsburgh than it did for Baltimore because, you know, Ravens most likely going to be a six seed, like no matter what, like they probably aren't going to go on the road and win against Cincinnati. I don't think the Ravens are at this point, maybe expecting Lamar to play in that game. It seems unlikely. Um, so I think they're kind of saying, okay, we're going to be the six seed, you know, Steelers, if you want to go, we're still going to try and play hard, but you know, we're not going to like do anything like crazy out there do things that are going to be really aggressive uh, that we might have in store for, you know, a potential playoff opponent. So I think that makes sense. And I think um, offensively, maybe it's the same thing too. I'm hoping that maybe they're just trying to make it look so stupid and basic that they're like going to catch some team off guard in the playoffs. I don't know. We'll see when that happens, but Overall, I, I wasn't too upset about the defense. I do think what you said is is true about them getting too lax on kind of like second and longs and third and or third and longs. Like they don't play aggressively in those situations and they give up big plays um, repeatedly. And that's something that's that's bit them in multiple games this year. And I think that's something that they really need to work on. That and the hurry up defense. To me, th- those are situations where they really need to be better if, if they're going to have a, a chance to actually win a playoff game. Well, and they're just so soft in their matchups in zone. They played a lot of zone, it seemed like, in this game, and they were just content to play in that kind of, like, cover two quarters zone look with pretty regular, like, with a lot of regularity. And, like, maybe you're doing some of that because you don't have Marcus Peters in the game. And so there there are ways to... They're going to have to mix that up against better quarterbacks no matter what. You would like to see them do that to a guy like Kenny Pickett, like... <laughs> there, there are ways to to force a quarterback, rookie quarterback's hand, show him things that he thinks he's seeing, and take them away, load the box, and like pull guys out of there. There was just no creativity when it came to this defense in this game, and that's again, I, I think I can live with that, especially with the results. Ultimately, from a points perspective, that the Ravens saw, it was a great couple throws from Kenny Pickett there at the end, like, and you've got to make big throws into big situations like that. You know, again, in the playoffs, there are guys that are going to be able to do that on every single team that you're going to be playing against Herbert Burrow, um, Lawrence Allen Mahomes, every single guy that's going to be in the playoffs is going to be able to do that. Um, And so they're going to have to make decisions on that, but hopefully the defense can show those wrinkles in ways that can confuse quarterbacks as, as they continue to move forward. Um, I mean, let's, you know, you talked a little bit about the offense here and trying to hide something. So let's, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to belabor it because the offense is just so miserable to watch right now. But, you know, hopefully they are holding some things back and this isn't the iteration of what we're going to see, but pretty disappointing overall to see essentially a team that has three tight ends that can all be effective passing or receiving options in this process. Um, 
you know, turn into whatever it is that we get. And then we get this jarbled, gumbled mess of what the offense was. And so maybe they're holding it back. Maybe, maybe they're not. Maybe it's Tyler Huntley. Uh, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it at this point, other than what, it, what they're doing is not working. Yeah, and that's been the the entirety of really the second half of the, the season on offense. It's been um, – I think there's one game where we saw the offense kind of start clicking against Jacksonville. That was the really the only time that it's actually, you know, looked like an a NFL offense. Um, and that's, that seems like a lot, very long time ago. And obviously, Tyler Huntley um, is not Lamar Jackson. I think that's something that – Greg Roman doesn't seem to understand because they run a lot of the same type of running um, quarterback runs, especially with, with Huntley. And like, he just is not able to make the kind of in, in open space moves to make a defender miss that um, you, you expect or come to expect out of Lamar Jackson. And that's something that I think is, um, you know, hopefully not something we'll have to see if if and when the Ravens, you know, come back with Lamar Jackson in, in a postseason situation. Um, but without him, I think it's you really have to kind of go away from that and try different things. And it seems like that's not been part of the offense. They've basically done the same thing. And in this game in particular, you know, it was incredibly frustrating to see the same like six man front from the Steelers every time the Ravens were in 22 personnel, which seemed like it was like 75% of the game, especially on the early downs. And there was no kind of change up. There's nothing from, from Greg Roman in terms of like, um, you know, using play action, using different personnel. You know, there was one play earlier in the game that drove me crazy. I think it was a second down. It was probably second along. Um, and they had an ability to run. They were in like a 12 personnel. They had spread out. Um, you know, Gus Edwards is in the game, and they just decided to instead of run the ball, um, which against the six-man front, which the Steelers were showing, they decided to you know pass. And they Huntley was able to scramble and he got a first down, so it worked out from that extent. But like, you were literally in the most favorable you know kind of like run look that you're going to get all game, um, and. They didn't run out of it, and instead they only want to run when they have Patrick Ricard on the field and two tight ends, and it seems like there's really no kind of, you know, off-speed pitch, so to speak. There's no kind of misdirection out of that. There's no way to take what a defense is showing you and and work off of it and, and adjust in a way that is going to hopefully give you some sort of an advantage. Um, we saw very little play action, for instance. I think that's something that we have um, potentially huge ability to pick up some yards, and we didn't get any of that in this game, um, or very little. There was, there was maybe like two or three play action attempts in this entire game, and the Steelers were giving up the middle of the field and giving up the edges, and they just couldn't take advantage of it. And I mean, that's, I shouldn't say he couldn't take advantage of it because Mark Andrews had, you know, like 100 yards receiving. So they could have done more of that, but they decided to not do that. And I'm not sure why um, there wasn't more attempts to try and take advantage of what the defense was giving you. 
Yeah, I mean, all the same things that we've talked about all year long are all the things that this offense needs to do. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Need to run with more verticality because um, they keep every they leave everything too close. There aren't enough kind of gaps or lanes or angles for them to be able to work with. It lets guys stay too close to the line of scrimmage, with which ends up like crowding throwing lanes for Huntley or Lamar. It takes away scramble opportunities because the guys aren't farther up the field in the process of that. Um, it's just everything that we've talked about from from this is is are just continue to be the same issues that haunt this team over and over and over again. And so, I don't know. I guess Greg Roman, they have to change their approach. I mean, we saw it on the touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely. The Ravens went five wide. Every They had two wide receivers that were outside the numbers. The Ravens, the Ravens never do that, right? Like, even, and this drove me crazy, even on that last drive, the Ravens were still staying in these tight formations, right? Like, you saw one receiver on the left that was outside the numbers. The receivers to the right were all bunched inside of that and it's like at some point you have to give your guys enough space you can't let them stack all these defenders right up on top of each other you can't keep doing you can't keep doing the exact same thing and expecting a little bit of a different result so you know hopefully the approach as we get into kind of the playoffs changes a little bit and then we can talk about what that approach looks like I mean I think I doubt we see Lamar Jackson in week week 18. I don't think there's any reason to see Lamar Jackson in week 18 unless you're trying to play for that home game. But ultimately, you're just going to have to play Cincinnati again the week after that. How much is home field really going to give you versus getting health from your players? I would much rather see Mark Andrews get a week off, see Calais Campbell get another week, see Marcus Peters get another week, see Lamar get another week. Like Let, like let Mark, Morgan Moses not play. Let him get rested. Give Likely and Kolar more reps. Give some of these, you know, get Tylen Wallace in there. Give him some reps. Get, let, let some of these other guys play a little bit. Be traditional. See if you can get Gus Edwards to get a little bit more momentum and get going in that regard. Um, it's just, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of reason for the Ravens to, especially after losing to the Steelers in the way that they lost it, unless they're going to go all out and put it all on the table against the Bengals. And I think that, Ultimately, you know, that would be a mistake. It would be a lot easier if the Bengals just went tonight, beat the Bills, let 
and then everything is done and then there's no reason to play next week and and just there's no reason to have to watch this crap one more one more week you know of futility yeah i i tend to agree with you i was, I was you know going into this game i was i was thinking you know there's still you know potential to play for that you know that number three seed um to get a win you know the can come back you get get like some live action week 18 you know see what the Bengals. i mean the Bengals are a little beat up right now i'm not i'm not sure um how good they're going to be um in the last couple weeks but you know maybe maybe they they've been resilient um they've been playing really well after after a pretty bad start um, to the season and they've had players out too i mean so it's not like um you know the ravens are the only team that's missing players i mean obviously missing lamar jackson is, is a little bit different than missing you know, Trey Hendrickson, but, you know, it's still like one of the better players on, on a team and they've been able to, you know, still play well without. Um, so it, it's going to be tricky, I think, for the Ravens, no matter what, um, moving forward. Like if, if this is the offense that we're going to see, I think it's it's going to be difficult for the Ravens to win. Um, their defense really has to play like a lights out game. And, you know, if the Ravens offense scores more than 20 points, I think that's you know that's that's pretty good for what we've seen recently. So I'm not sure what what to expect out of this offense if it, if it's just going to be this way. I'm hopeful that maybe it just this is something that was a is a vanilla version of something that they're going to kind of expand on in in the postseason. But if if they're just going to strictly go with this like heavy personnel usage um, and and then just pass on third and long, it's it's going to be a really rough um go of it I think. And and maybe the Steelers are a little bit better equipped defensively but i think a lot of teams can do what they did and if that's like kind of the way to take away the ravens, ravens run game um it's it's going to be I, I don't know i don't see how they're really going to be able to move the ball effectively consistently against playoff teams it's just something that, that i think there needs to be some introspection you know i think we saw kevin zeitler come out with some comments after this game and, and say that like there need to be some changes that are made or something to that extent he definitely had a quote that sounded like there's a lot of frustration um, so maybe like they can make some adjustments internally and try and figure out a way to kickstart this offense. But um, I, yeah, in, in terms of like the the playoff picture, it, it doesn't really make sense for me to try and win in week 18 or like put guys out there that are maybe not 100%. Um, you have to try and be healthy for that that you know divisional round or I guess uh, sorry wild card round and and hope that you can catch somebody off guard with maybe some different schemes healthier players getting back and um if and when we see lamar jackson again and he's in like lamar jackson form um this team has the potential still to win a couple games in the, in the playoffs but um it really comes down to a lot of things going right for them and and right now i don't i don't see a good path forward for them unless there's a lot of things that change and how they how they scheme up on offense and on defense frankly yeah you know my thing is that Lamar coming back makes a huge difference. I, I do think, I'll quibble slightly, that I think that the Steelers are better equipped to face the Ravens for a couple reasons. One, they've seen a lot of these schemes more than other teams have. They have familiarity there with Roman and to a level that other teams don't have. Um, TJ Watt was a huge factor in this game yeah. in terms of shutting down the defense. The Ravens could not seem to find a way to block him um, when they were running the ball. If they had, there were a few plays that, 
Watt himself ended up being a huge difference in the game overall. Um, and so not every team is going to have a guy at end that is going to be that effective. They're, they're going to be able to be a little bit more effective in terms of how they run the ball to the outside in those situations. Um, I think that maybe the Chargers and would be the best suited team for that in terms of what that looks like with Bosa coming back. But outside of that, there's not another guy in the AFC field of play that's going to be able to have that kind of impact from the end perspective on the right side of the line. So I do think that that, that piece ends up making a little bit of a difference. And the pass rush for Pittsburgh is, I'd say, a lot better from kind of from the end perspective um, than a lot of other teams that we're going to see out there. Probably Jacksonville is the other team that has kind of good, really great edge rushers. The Bengals, to some degree, Hendrickson's health, is kind of a big part of that. So I think from a matchup perspective, it, it does get a little bit harder to stop. And then you, you throw Lamar into the mix of that and it makes a huge difference. I mean, I think that my, my position is that you just lean into this run heavy scheme with quarterback options on all of it. And like, if this is what you're going to do, do it. Like let Lamar be Lamar, let Lamar win these games for you on the ground running the ball, run it back to what it looked like in 2018 if you have to, right? Like if you're not going to if you're not going to be willing to throw the ball, then don't even try, right? Like if you're not like don't try and and I think that the Ravens get too cute in well, we know the Ravens get too cute when it comes down to it. But they get too cute in the regard that they're trying to be so multiple in what they're doing that they run these pass concepts sometime that they have not practiced and that they aren't consistently doing and they don't know how to build off of it. I tweeted this during the game, but I I think the Ravens should run Mark Andrews on a deep crosser on every single play. I don't care what else you do around that, but then you know that he's going to be on a deep crosser. You get to watch what the defense is going to try and do to stop Mark Andrews when he's on that crosser. If they don't do anything and they just try and let a man defend him, it's going to be wide open every single time for a nine to sixteen yard game. Take that, <laughs> take that every single time. They're going to bring the safety down to help them run a guy over the top of that, right? Run like a deep dig on one side with like the crosser coming in underneath it on the other side. Like you can build off of that. There's nothing wrong with being a little intentional or obvious about what you're trying to do. If all if uh, what you're constantly trying to do is change it up and mix it up and do things a little bit differently, that makes it harder one on your players to execute because you're asking them to execute on a lot of different things, and two, it makes it harder to predict what defenses are going to do. So they can just stumble their way into doing the right thing in those situations. Whereas if you're going to run a zone read option with Lamar every single play, right, and you're going to run the counter bash, you're going to commit to running the counter bash like 25 times in a game. Like you're going to pick up yards. Like even in this game with Tyler Huntley running the ball like trash, they should have just stopped letting him run these read option plays because he, A, he wasn't making the right decisions. And B, even when he did, he, he didn't have it there. Even with all that and with putting six guys on the defensive line to take up every single gap, J.K. Dobbins still rushed for 5.5 yards a carry. So that tells me that you add Lamar into that mix. There are opportunities there that are going to be able to do that. And Lamar will spam the heck out of throwing the ball to Mark Andrews if Mark Andrews is healthy. So let Mark Andrews get healthy next week, run a bunch of that play action, zone read, counter bash looks, get teams overcommitted to kind of rushing those guys up the field and then run those routes right behind it, run the crossers, take what you you, you can and, and hope you win the game. Then get creative on defense. Hope you get takeaways. Bring Get Marcus Peters back. Let Mar- Marlon Humphrey be what Marlon Humphrey's going to be. Let Roquan and Queen do their thing. Throw some crazy blitzes out there. Um, and that's the formula to win a game. And, you know, maybe they don't win a game. And maybe that's not a formula for getting to the Super Bowl. And it's probably not. <laughs> um, but 
I, I don't see I don't see how else you do it. I don't see how else I don't see the zebra changing its stripes. I.e., I don't see Greg Roman deciding to do something completely different, like you know, going five wide and full spread instead of you know going five wide in tight bunches, right, where everybody's still stuck in the middle of the field. I don't see Greg Roman using more eleven personnel if he has to, or even I mean, even thirteen personnel with Likely and Kolar and Andrews in a no huddle could be really effective. <laughs> I don't see the Ravens doing that either. You know, they, like. They just they just refused. They haven't done it up till now. Why is that going to change in the playoffs? Well, you know, maybe Roman's just keeping it all in his vault and just waiting for the right <laughs> moment to unleash it. Um, but I, I think, you know, I think there are a few easy fixes. And one of them, the things that you mentioned was just more play action, because when you are using that heavy personnel and, and bringing more, you know, heavy defenders into the box, then you have the ability to take shots over top. And especially with VF under center um, play action, they really have done that very little this year, but when they've done it, it's actually been effective, even with Tyler Henley. And I don't know if Tyler Henley doesn't like play action very much or, or if that's something that they're not comfortable doing with him. But like, that's how the Ravens have you know historically been able to get some of these big explosive plays in the passing game. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson's actually been pretty good you know, using play action um, for the most part, you know, they've had some struggles at times, but this season earlier on, they were using it really effectively. Um, if you're going to be able to dictate personnel with, you know, Ricard and two tight ends on the field, take advantage of it. Advantage. You know, use Likely as a passer or as a, as a pass catcher. Use Oliver as a pass catcher. Use Andrews. Use use that ability, ability. Um, of them and their athleticism. You know, they are, they are pretty good receiving options. Like, they can all catch the ball. Um, we've seen them all do it. Um, they they're not like slow plotting, you know, Nick Boyle types. Like they can actually get downfield. So just do do more of that. And you can use the same formations and just you know run the play action looks, and you'll have open receivers. I guarantee it. So that's one thing. The other thing is, and not I don't even want to see them trying to pass out of spread because I don't think they're good at that, and I don't think they have the personnel to do that. But you can run the ball out of the spread, and that's that's the thing that I think is the other thing that you can do quite effectively. And we've actually seen them do that at times in very limited doses they did it 2020 they did it in 2021 they've barely done it all this year and i'm not sure why that's the case uh, aside from some of like the you know the draw plays that they've done with, um, earlier on the season with justice hill those actually worked really well too i don't see why they can't go back to kind of more like 12 personnel and i mean you can maybe be 13 personnel but um i i just think that when you have the option to spread teams out and take them out of the defender, out of the box, and then you can still run. That gives you a huge advantage, and they have the players to do that. I just don't see why that hasn't been something that they implement more. Because we've seen bits and pieces of it. They're clearly capable of running those the balls, the ball in that way. Um, I just don't see why it's not it's not something they've done more. So those to me are like easy fixes. And I think maybe we'll see that, maybe we won't. But if they do start doing some of those things, I think they can be a much more potent offense. And I don't think it would be that much hard. I know those plays are all there. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's not that ill-conceived that you could run Andrews on a deep crosser, right? Like a guy like Jackson or Robinson on like a deep dig option route that is like either a nine or cutting in and then a deep post from Robinson or Jackson on the other side of that. So, right. Like you're still only with two wide receivers. You still got effective deep options. You force the defense to move back and get farther away from them overall. Um, and 
I, I don't know. That, like that would create running lanes for Lamar Jackson. They're going to create one-on-one opportunities overall for for kind of the running game. I mean, it's just it, it, this is not this is not rocket science. They need to get back to like a basic set of what they want to try and accomplish. Um, and so, like I said, my my hope is still that Cincinnati wins tonight. That this all just is done <laughs> and locked up and the Ravens don't make a decision to arrest these guys and they make a full two week commitment to install what they think is going to work with Lamar coming back on both on offense and defense from a creativity standpoint and use those two weeks to prepare. I mean, when you have two weeks to prepare, like, and, and whether it's targeted for a specific team or not, when you have two weeks to prepare, get everybody on the same page, then you're eliminating these like lit getting late out of the huddle. You're eliminating a lot of this stuff. You know what you want to try and accomplish. And if it works well enough to win in the wild card round, <laughs> run the same game plan back in the next round, run it back again. Let Lamar be Lamar. Let him run for 175 yards for all I care. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he's, he, Lamar is at the end of the day, the team can go nowhere without Lamar Jackson. So I'm just hopeful that he is actually healthy, that we get a chance to see him in the playoffs and, and that the Ravens can, the Ravens can dial it up to the level that they need to, you know, once they get there. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I obviously he's like the key. Like if, if Lamar can come back in, in a, in a playoff matchup, I think you you have a chance, a good chance to win that game. Like regardless of who you're playing, um, whether it's Cincinnati or or you know whoever it is. Um, and and that's an interesting thing because it seems most likely that it's going to be Cincinnati, just the way that it's going. Um, it seems like that one of them is going to be three seed, one of them is going to be six seed. It just depends on who's going to be in what stadium, or it's going to be in Cincinnati or in Baltimore. Um, I th- I almost feel like it's more important to try and not give away too much in a, in a week 18 matchup and have some more cards up your sleeve, so to speak, heading into a playoff game where they might not be, you know, see, they might not have seen all the things that you can potentially do on both sides of the ball. And if you can, you know, I, I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to play next week. It doesn't make sense for him to do so unless you're just trying to get him some like live fire. But I, I don't think that makes sense. I think you just want him to rest up as much as possible, get a full week of practice in before, you know, a, a week, or a, a wild card playoff game, and then hopefully you know have a few change of pace things that you can do that, that looks different than what you've been doing, um, and then hopefully that's enough that's to enough. to get you through that that first game, um, and then um, you know just go from there and, and see you know NFL's a matchup league, it's very much week to week. Whoever you're playing has different personnel, different schemes. If you can come up with a good you know, plan from a coaching perspective and, and any one game that can overcome personnel. Um, you know, it's obviously, you know, having the players is important, but you know, anytime you have someone like, like Lamar Jackson, he's a, a neutralizer to a certain extent to what teams can do to you defensively. Um, and then, you know, on the Ravens defense, they still have guys like we talked about the pass rush not being great, but you know, hopefully Clay's Campbell comes back. Um, I think the secondary is, is going to be pretty solid with, with Marcus Peters hopefully coming back. Um, you know, they're not going to be giving up huge amounts of points, I don't think, to anybody. Um, they're kind of in the bend but don't break type off their defensive scheme right now. And I think that works, especially, you know, against some of these teams that really rely on explosive plays. Um, and if you're going to force teams to drive, you know, 80, 75 yards on you every single time, um, I don't think they're don't going to get be able to get touchdowns, uh, you know, more than like 50 percent of the time. So if you can keep a team under 24 points, I think then it, 
you know, you have Lamar Jackson coming back, you're in you're decent shape. You can get some of the best teams in the AFC. So I think that's the path forward. Um, I, I think you just have to try and come out and, and have a slightly new identity in, in, in the postseason and, and see what you can get with that. Yeah, I totally agree. So, I mean, they're in the playoffs. This is probably the least excited I've been about a Ravens team being in the playoffs. It feels incredibly anticlimactic and incredibly frustrating uh, overall for this team. So hopefully we see, you know, I have no expectations for next week um, one way or the other. And hopefully we see a team that has realized that they need to get more creative and figure out how to maximize their players you know, on both sides of the ball uh, and do that come playoff time. And so I guess we'll see. We're either going to be incredibly frustrated and bored again when we get to wildcard weekend or we're going to be pleasantly surprised um, in terms of the results that we get to this team. But I think that, you know, at this stage, from what we've seen overall from this team, there's there's little, little prognostication that's going to tell us <laughs> from from a fan perspective about what they're going to get overall. And if there was anything that we had to predict, it would be that they were going to lose and it'd be to, to be in quite a predictable and boring fashion. <laughs> Unfortunately, that seems like the most likely outcome at this point. Um, we, just, we just haven't seen anything else. Um, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, credit to the Ravens for being able to, you know, get themselves into the playoffs in, a, in another season where, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to probably end up missing what, like five games. Um, he's a, by far your, your best player, you know, someone that really makes you at least generally fun to watch on offense. Um, even though I think at the times Greg Roman can neuter that as well. Um, but, you know, they're in the position to achieve the things that they want to achieve. Um, it's just a matter of, can you make kind of the adjustments going into the game during the game? Um, can you do the things that you need to do in order to, 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 to win, you know, make the winning plays, make the winning coaching moves, um, and we'll see. You know, so far I'm I'm a little suspect about the the Ravens' offense, um, but maybe there's something there that that is yet to be um, released to the public. Um, so I'm I'm expecting Week 18 just to be another week of the same at this point, um, and then we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I totally agree. So we'll keep an eye on Week 18, see if the Ravens start start to release it. But I think it's all eyes on the playoffs at this point. Conserve both in terms of health and game plan and preparation, and start start getting ready. You know, start getting ready for that game overall um, once we get there. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be seeing a Ravens playoff victory. Um, see some creativity and some changes that we're all hoping for. See a little less frustration from the fans. Um, get us something, give us something to be excited about. Hopefully we see Lamar Jackson back at practice sooner rather than later. I'd love to see him, you know, even if he doesn't play in week 18, I'd love to see him practice over the course of the week, kind of leading up to that to give us some confidence over, over what that's going to give this team. So there are, there's certainly some things to be excited about. You mentioned Peters and Campbell as well coming back. Um, there are some things, that, there, there's some upside in this team as, as we kind of look ahead uh to to the to the wild card weekend so hopefully we'll see those things come to an actualization you guys can check us out on twitter um i'm at raven sit room gabe is at gabe fergie we'd love to chat about the ravens talk about what we're seeing you know be critical <laughs> of, of what we're seeing on the field but also kind of highlighting some of the great things um we'd love to t- chat with you guys and, and engage with you on social media as well so hopefully we'll see you next time in the situation room 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.